Hi, everybody. This is Kathy. And this is Todd. And welcome to our new show called Conversations with People We Love. Um, we're going to be speaking with authors, friends, philanthropists, you name it. It's basically people who are out there making the world a better place. Yes, these people inspire us and we think they'll inspire you. And this program is brought to you by BU, Raising Whole and Courageous Kids. These aren't just workshops, it's a movement. Enjoy the show. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. But this isn't a normal Zen Parenting Radio, sweetie. This is a special one. This is special because it's one of the conversations with people we love installments. That's right. And uh, we have somebody here who's a friend of ours, yes. but she started out as a friend of yours. Her name is Annie Burnside. Yes, I take her. I get her. I know. Sometimes I have friends and then they become more Todd's, but Annie's mine. Give me an example of who's... Frank. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> We'll start. Josh. We'll, yeah, we'll stop having <laughs> friends with boys. Stop having boyfriends that I end up coveting. Okay, I will. So good. So Annie's fine. So Annie Burnside, she's a, a published author. She's written a book called Soul to Soul Parent, Parenting. Uh, Annie, say hello. Hello, everybody. Thrilled to be here. Um, Soul to Soul Parenting. How? How? When did you come? When did this book come out? Let's see. I think it's been about three years now. It was like my fourth child. I tell Mm -hmm. you what, first book poured out of me just Mm -hmm. from what we're doing in our own family. Awesome. And you want to tell your story of how you came across Annie, sweetie? I do. I feel like I've told this before, but because this may be the first time that people are hearing us talk about Annie Birdside, AnnieBirdside.com, by the way, um, is so I, I can't remember where we were. I think we were in Galena. And my mom was really excited, and she's like, um, Kathy, I have to tell you something. I was listening to WGN. I think it was Rick Kogan. Was it Morning Paper? Rick Kogan. Was it Sunday mm-hmm. Papers or whatever? And she's like, I um, heard this interview with this woman, and she's just like you. She talks just like you. And she said, you're going to be so excited. And she ordered the book for me. So she ordered Annie's book. And so I got it, and I read it, and I wrote to her literally the same day, emailed her, and then thought it was so cool because she just so happened to be in Chicago, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's just how the universe works, which is wonderful. And then- What a coincidence. I know. What a coincidence, right? Perfect coincidence. And then we started talking and became virtual friends. She was very supportive of what I was doing and, you know, just nice to have someone who has a similar vision. And then we finally started getting together and then now she's my very good friend. And here and she I is. depend on her very much. So here's the deal. We really don't have any agenda no. other than to have a conversation and we just want to share your expertise on parenting, on mothering, on being a wife and an author and everything else. So I don't know. What do you well, want to start? I want to start with just, this is the question that Annie and I were just talking about upstairs is, you know, here, here's this, we've got this parenting podcast. So what is the thing that you think like the one takeaway, um, either from your book or what do you believe is most important for parents to know? You know, um, I've actually come to believe it's, it's much different even, um, than what I thought it was when I became a, a fairly young new mom at age 26. Um, now at age 43, after being on a self-exploratory path since I was 19, I've really come to see that um, 90% of soul-to-soul parenting is the parents, hopefully both, maybe at least one, really committing to a path of personal growth and greater self-awareness. And then really, it all begins to organically fall in place. Mm. You're in touch with that inner voice. You know how to respond to your kids in a loving, well-meaning, perhaps a little bit higher way in that um, you're not just going along with societal norms. You're really looking within 
and the family begins to operate in that way. And you're modeling how to be more in touch with the inner voice or what I would call the soul. So one question and then one comment. Uh, first of all, how many kids do you have? Three. Three. Boys or girls? Two girls, 16, 15, boy, 13. We're in the thick of it. Wow. Yeah. So you have three teenagers. Three teenagers. Yeah. Okay. And then the one thing is what you just said is the quote that I've stolen recently that I say at the beginning of each podcast, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Would you buy that? Absolutely. Okay. There's not as much you have to do mm-hmm. other than become more self-aware and right. whole in your own right as a parent. Right. Well, I remember in um, Annie's book, and it's been a few years since I read it, but aside from all the wonderful ideas that you have in there, you it's like a real book. And what I mean by that, it has actual tips. You have books that you can share with your kids. You have movies that you could share with your kids. Like that's, I mean, as much as I loved everything... I it, that was a good um, Todd you know, loves takeaways. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. I love he always being wants able to, take to say I took this away from the book, and this is why it's this is why it helped me. So, anyways, yeah, I did want to bring that home. I mean, how do you make it less esoteric, and how do you offer the practical guidance? And I say in the book over and over, these are the songs that worked for us. Find your own songs. Oh, yeah, songs or, too. Yeah, there's so many teaching tools, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be labeled spiritual. It just life, your everyday life, offers ample opportunity. Right. Um, for personal growth and growth as a family because the two are mutual. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that I was so attracted to Annie's book and what she teaches and shares is because something that I struggled with for a long time was when you're going down this personal growth path, you can get very they're lost along the way, meaning you think you should be doing more or you think you should be doing less or you think maybe that you're not reaching your highest calling or that, you know, we still I still have something old that I'm that I've definitely worked through, but it sure pops up every once in a while about that, that you're supposed to constantly be suffering if you are, you know if you're going to walk this path and, you know, just kind of like a lot of biblical stories and a lot of stories that we've read. And one thing that, that I so bonded with Annie about is it's okay to be a suburban Chicago mom Mm. and raise kids and have friends and go out and do your work and be spiritual simultaneously. Right. You don't have to be an ashram in India in order to hit that. You don't, as I would always say to Todd, I don't have to go to a top of a mountain and meditate all the time to demonstrate my, my love for self and and universe and everything. It, it can, that love comes through in what I do on a daily, um, you know, my daily experience with my family and myself. Very much so. It's at your son's baseball game. Yes. It's um, at your daughter's soccer game or a music recital, or I come home with stories from our local Safeway called Dominic's. Like, oh my goodness, boy, I cannot, I've got to tell you all, I had to trust my vibes in the store and, and what came up for me. And that just becomes, as you're learning to trust your vibes, you don't really save it for yourself. You begin to infuse that language through honest sharing um, of course, in digestible bites, according to their age. Right. But it just becomes part of how you speak in the home. And I also want to say uh, humor, levity. I cannot tell you. I used to be much more serious, too. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a deep, reflective person. But the more I've come to know myself uh, and with my children, you know, my two girls share a room. Mm-hmm. It is a disaster, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will walk in there and give them a little shimmy. This is your one more. <laughs> and then, you know, kind of shake my booty on the way out and I say, I'll be back again in 10 minutes. Yeah. 
I, I, I use levity as much as possible and it works more than it doesn't work. Right. Then I'll be, be the final warning. Right. That's it, folks. Right. <laughs> so I really recommend more humming, more dancing, more just joy within the family because it goes by quickly. Well, totally goes by quickly, but that's one thing that I need to work on. I think I think my daughters love me. I think everything's fine, but I think I'm too serious too often. Which is so ironic because the thing that I loved about Todd from the first day I met him is he's he's so naturally funny and loose about life, which mm-hmm. this sounds crazy right. in when you get into business mode and everything, but he was the one who would always make me laugh or be let things roll off of his back. So he does it and I know what you mean like when you say that i'm not saying that i don't recognize it but at the same time you are innately filled with humor that is who you are well and the only reason i know because you know when you're walking around in your body you don't realize the way you are you just are who you are the only the the best way i can figure out why i was too serious or why i'm too serious because i always have a videotape because i do these birthday videos for these girls every year so i'm behind a camera quite a bit and I hear myself talking on the video, mm. and I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like the most dry, serious guy you ever want to meet. So that is a wonderful lesson for me, Annie. Thank it, you. Thank you. And I think it's a myth. You think when you go down this more soulful parenting path that it's going to be all about depth, mm. seriousness, contemplation. And I would say from my personal experience, it's more a quarter of that mm-hmm. and three quarters of letting my spirit being my full self within the family and showing my kids and allowing them to see more facets of me. Um, it's it's much different again than I thought when I became a parent and I wanted to be the perfect parent. That's That's gone now. That's the thing is these books that were given, you know, early on. And when I say given, the ones that we choose, the ones that are recommended to us when we first become parents. And you and I both have a background of working with kids. It's not like we were going in completely cold. You know, we think we have this information. Then you read these books. And like you said, there's such a restrictive, rule-following, um, very uh, – uh, rigid way of parenting and parents think they're doing a good job if they're following those rules. And like what you're saying is if you, if you're yourself mm-hmm. and you listen to what feels right in the moment, rather than the the chart that you have on the wall, because that's the thing is, you know, we've got all these behavior modification things and people think they're doing a good job because someone taught them to do that, or they read that in a book. And, and sometimes maybe that can work in some way, especially if the child's asking for it. But if you're just yourself then you get to enjoy it. But here's the thing. You need to have, um, you know, as somebody who reads instruction manuals and and dummies books and things like that, you need, you know, when I became a dad, I read all these books about being a dad. And sure, I went off the deep end doing the things that they said in the book, but I needed that base understanding to trust myself. You know what I mean? You can't just jump into trusting yourself if you feel close, especially for you moms when you're brand new moms. I don't know how you guys ever make it through the first three months because Mm -hmm. talk about culture shock. And well, maybe in part of that is um, how I handle what I read anything now pretty much is I just get quiet. Does this feel like a fit for me? Mm -hmm. And that does take practice. But that's ultimately the only thing I desire for my children is that when they're 21 and fully out of the nest, that they are fully comfortable within their own skin. Mm -hmm. Really, to me, that is being a soulful, spiritual parent. And if I and my husband, if we have done that for our children and they can hear that inner voice and know what feels right for them, then I will think, wow. And above, you know, my kids are getting a fine education at a wonderful North Shore High School and we offer them like any other parent, travel sports and music. 
but it's this piece mm-hmm. that to me, um, I will look back on and, and feel that I did my best as a parent. Well, and it's kind of like we talk about um, a lot of uh, success on this show a lot and what the definition of success is. Because I think that when we say the word success right away, money comes to mind or what kind of job or what you know figure will they be in the world. And I really think a part of our generation, this is my belief system, is redefining what success means for our kids. And I think what you just said is exactly it. You know, a successful child, in my opinion, is someone who knows themselves, who appreciates who they are, who knows their skills and talents, who is compassionate toward others and can go through the world with a sense of contentment. It's not going to go perfectly, but I agree. It's to me, it's that it's that place deep within where self-love merges with compassion for others and that that place of oneness. And if I can assist my children, mainly just through my example, Mm -hmm. but to know that place I don't care what the direction they go in as far as career or I'm, you become more of a guide as they get older, quite frankly, you know. Um, One thing I struggle with is that um, we live in a suburb that's nice, that has nice schools and you do too. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me, and we've talked about this on the show, but I just want to get Annie's take that I feel like we're, we're, our kids are growing up in a bubble and they don't know how good they have it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you've ever thought that and if you have thought that, how have you been able to navigate through that? Um, you know, we've always been a, a really open family, so um, anything's on the table for discussion. And we've we've discussed a lot. Um, we speak of empathy a lot, mm-hmm. um, whether we're watching a movie or we discuss a book that one of us has read. Um, they happen to have a lot of social service where our children are. And to me, that's, yes, you can fit in your sports team, but what is the social service component going to be? So as a family, we talk a lot about that. And, um, both of our older girls have been on some mission trips in the, during the summer Mm. and done some traveling and working, um, with different people in the world. So I love that you bring that up. I think it's, it's very important for their overall. When did they do, how old were they when they did these mission trips? Let's see. I've had a a daughter go to Costa Rica and Thailand and then one do service down in the Virgin islands. Um, you know, freshman, sophomore year, and it's a little bit hard to start letting them go. But, um, Mm. we, we are wonderful. That's awesome. Maybe that's something that we can, I mean, not the mission trips, but just in our own way, whatever it it is that speaks to Mm -hmm. us, Kathy, well, and I think that that's what's interesting about what Annie's sharing is if you are, if compassion is discussed in your home and role modeled in your home and empathy is discussed and role modeled, then your children are going to choose paths of compassion and empathy, or they're going to have a, maybe a more comfort with, I want to have this experience. Our children may or may not do missions trips, but maybe it'll show up in a different way. Right. And I think that's what's important for parents to know is it doesn't have to be just like with education, how mm-hmm. there's this very, uh, this path that people have in mind, you have to do this and do this and do this. It can show up very differently, but we have to have, you know, kind of an open-minded way of viewing it. Like, I love the idea of the girls traveling early, especially in a missions Mm -hmm. trip where, you know, there's adults Mm -hmm. and there's a format and, you know, a sense of safety around it. Um, But if we push too hard, and I know that's not what you're saying, Toddy. No, I know. But if we push too hard in that direction, they may not be doing it for the love, but instead to please us. Right. True. I agree. Yeah. Or you use just the news. Just this morning, uh, we were all up early um, at 630 and we were watching the NFL, what's going on, the bullying and harassment. We were talking about, you know, 
as an adult, it, we might need to really go ahead and call that harassment. You know, mm-hmm. these are grown, how emo- being emotionally mature. Right. And so right there, there was just an opening for empathy, compassion, um, looking more closely at how we view and perceive others, mm-hmm. what yes. we feel personal integrity is, as far as not just how old you are for age, but how old you are as far as that inner maturity. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing. We as parents think that the parenting, the guiding happens on these big time sit down conversations. <laughs> conversations where you're ready to have the big sex talk or you're ready to have the big bully talk. The fact that you can incorporate the lessons into what is already going on around you on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis, that's when you're going to make some big strides, not when you have these big sit-down talks because there's too much pressure on those talks to begin with. In my experience, you just nailed it, Todd. I I just think you, you, you remain very open to your daily life. Yeah. And um, if you're living a little bit more in the present, you kind of, you begin to pick up on, and and then your children get used to that type of, it's mixed depth, giddiness, depth, dropping you off, don't forget your lunch. And what do you feel about possible racism in the NFL? You know, whatever it is. And it's all blended. Mm. That's really excites me. Right. Because I think think what you're explaining and what I was trying to explain is it doesn't have to be differentiated. Okay, this is serious talk time, and then this is... You know, what do you want in your lunch talk time? Put them all together. So that's yeah. really good advice. I think like yeah. the the word that always comes into my head is like being in flow with it. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of having a plan, you know, we all have a plan. This is what I'm going to do today. This is how things are going to go. Family meetings. Yeah, family mm-hmm. meetings. You flow with it. Mm-hmm. And things just naturally, you know, things just naturally occur. You know, yesterday... Um, I one of Oprah's shows on OWN is called Super Soul Sunday, which many of you may already know about this show, but it's something I get really excited to sit down and watch. And what is today? What is uh, today? Tuesday? Tuesday. I haven't watched it yet, but last or I didn't get to see the whole thing, but last night I started watching it and I'm noticing now that it's one of those things it's for me. It's got nothing to do with anybody else, but the girls are starting to stay in the room mm-hmm. with me and they'll say, Mom, do you agree with that part? What do you think of that? Tell me about this person. And again, I know that's a very literal spiritual experience because that's super soul, but that's one of those things where when you're just having your own personal growth experience, you're just doing something that you enjoy and your children get interested in it or invested in it, it opens up some wonderful conversations. Exactly. It's not forced. You're being right. fully yourself and right. they pick up on that and they do want to somehow be a part of it. And it also reminds me, a good example would be our conversations, Kathy. It's like mm-hmm. the conversation you have with a good friend. Okay. We'll get together. It's like three hours highlight of my week when I see you and we go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love your hair too. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about that trigger? And how did you work through it? I'm basically that's kind of how I am with my children now. They've gotten older. It's exactly what it is with you. We cover lots of different bases. facets. There's nothing that's off limits. There's nothing mm-hmm. that's too far, and there's nothing too surfacey. And right. when I'm saying surface, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it's just as important to ask about yeah, someone's it's, hair. It's the human side. It's the human yeah. side. And you know, one of the phrases that I took from Annie that I use all the time in my head and have just started to use with my kids is the idea what what she's talking about here and you know what we're talking about in parenting is waking up and helping our kids stay awake mm-hmm. and Annie said to me last time we were together I said what do you say to your daughters when they're going out to a party and she says I just say stay awake mm-hmm. and I thought oh that's mm-hmm. it in a nutshell and for those of you I, I you know I'm sure most people are getting this but just to dive deeper into it it means remain yourself stay alert stay in your heart be present when you're making choices don't make them from a reaction make them from that deeper place and there's nothing else to say after Mm -hmm. stay awake 
Exactly. I, I Instead totally of agree. like a big, long lecture about, I better not catch you drinking or whatever, stay awake means all that stuff, but exactly. it feels better. You know what I mean? Yes, and if you've laid some groundwork with your children, this doesn't happen overnight, of mm-hmm. course, but we've been at this um, pretty purposely since our children were four, seven, and eight, that we were going to um, have a soulful home that focused on more than just the top layer, but that mm-hmm. energetic layer as well. So our children know that it means exactly what you said, Kathy, yes. that they're really captains of their own ship, their thought, their word, their deed. It comes from them. Right. And it, it determines their future. Right. So just to just stay awake. <laughs> I mean, well, and my awful. version of stay awake is, you know, and I've, we haven't had to have these conversations with our daughters yet because our oldest is 10. But when they are going to the party and they want to consider something that might not be the best, just trust your heart. Trust yeah. your instincts. I mean, we all have our language to kind of communicate the same thing, but they know what the right decision is. That doesn't mean they're always going to make the right decision, but you hope that they know the difference between right and wrong. Well, and these are things that we can practice at such an early age, like, you know, just speaking about our home, Todd, you know, things like when the girls are like, I don't know what to choose on the menu. Put your hand over your heart. You'll know. Mm -hmm. Being very hands off about it. You'll know. You know, I don't know what to wear today. Well, what do you think? What Mm -hmm. feels right? Mm -hmm. And then when they make that decision, they practice that constantly. So by the time they're going to a party and you say, and they say, I'm not sure what to do. And you say, you do know. You know, you do, you do, or or be awake, and you will know. It it's like, but if we expect to be very so hands on that we're making all the decisions for our children, or we're not trusting mm-hmm. who they are at an early age, and then we're saying to them at thirteen, okay, now go off and make good choices. That's when we can really have challenges or have those breakdowns. It, it does build, and I think a big part of this stay awake thing is there's an understanding with our children that natural consequences are there for every single choice, whether it's perceived as a positive choice that they make Mm. or a negative choice. And so this is how we've spoken with our children for years that um, we love you no matter what, but for every human being, there's a natural consequence and you're no different than that. So just have that in mind as you, as you move from your heart. That's right. Well, it's it's funny that you bring up that term natural consequences, because when I think of that term, I always think of Punish, not punishment, but hey, disciplinary, disciplinary, but there's natural consequences to good decisions, exactly. And I never even thought about it that Mm -hmm. way. Well, and even natural consequences to a a poor choice, you may quote unquote get away with something, but it can come around and 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 hurt you in another way, maybe just internally. It's the internal that I think it's important to point out with our children, exactly. They have to live with that. in their integrity, does the inner match the outer? And they'll feel the rub if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's what and we were just talking about important. with Cameron yeah. Yeah. and her extra credit. We just talked mm-hmm. about on the show that she came home and said, um, I have this extra credit project. It's extra credit, so I don't have to do it. Because we, we have some guidelines around you know homework. And, and we kind of had to say, okay. Because she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And we had to say, okay, you're going to have to deal with how that feels and have that experience. I mean, we literally were this literal about it. You're going to have to go in. Everyone's going to be bringing it and have the experience of not bringing it in. And she's like, absolutely. Like she was ready to have that experience. And a lot of parents would deem that not a good experience, oh, but I, she's got to have it. I love that. And I think y'all's role in that, this is to me coming more soul to soul versus just role to role, you help your child see the different angles. Yes. 
you know, well, let's look at it this way. How will it possibly feel? Close your eyes, even imagine it. If you go in and everyone's done it but you, mm-hmm. how would it feel to do it but you didn't? And really let them see the multi-angle aspect to every single thing that occurs. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what that's what my husband, Jim, and I think. That's what we're up to now. Mm-hmm. And then we're really going to trust them unless it's a life or death situation. Right. Typically, though, I love how y'all are doing it so young. Beautiful example. That's great. And, you know, speaking of, because you have teenagers now, um, you know, and I'm sure you run into this all the time, everybody assumes that once kids reach a certain age, that a relationship is going to break down, that the kids are going to need to rebel and revolt against Mm -hmm. you, and that there is some sort of separation. People always say to me, until they're 20 and they come back and love you again. And I don't buy into that professionally or personally, Mm -hmm. but I want to get your, I love your stories or just your attitude about when you're raising teenagers, how it can be. Yeah, you know, there's, of course, there's the eye rolling there. We can go at it sometimes and, but it's a little bit more your you're aware that you almost say, all right, here we go. Because, you know, for whatever reason, we're both falling into the abyss. We're in big time disagreement on this. But overall, again, even though you're the parent, if you can stay connected in your heart to that larger perspective that it's soul to soul versus role to role, even when it's hard, it's you can train yourself. It's always there. Your response tends to be a little bit different. It mm-hmm. comes from place that's not as rigid. It's wider. It's deeper. It's higher on what surrounds the interaction with you and your child. And that becomes your normal. And so then if you ever go back to it's just seen from this one perspective, I'm the parent, I'm right, you're the child, you're wrong. Even if you fall into that every now and then, oh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So you begin to, you're your own barometer. Mm. And then again, you don't even have to teach that to the child so much as they're witnessing it. They're feeling it. And then they will parent their child that way. That's right. And they will, if they become a lawyer that in a law firm, it won't just be roll to roll. It'll be soul to soul on some level, or if they become a physical therapist. So that's, I don't, you know, whatever they do, but can you maybe move that larger perspective into your adulthood? That's the way you will relate to people then rather than I need to win or I need to be right or you need to be wrong. You know, like you said, higher, wider, let me see this. Let's talk about it. Compassion, you know, maybe taking a step back, coming back to it. I mean, there's just so many different options. And I think that's what happens a lot when we feel, um, and I'll be extreme here, but sometimes as parents that we're in control of our kids, and then as they naturally need to break away because they need to start making their own choices, we're trying to redo, we're trying to continue an old relationship mm-hmm. that doesn't match anymore, and but we don't know how to do it any differently. And so it's that if, you know, again, there's so many things here, but if we can start treating them that way, even when they're young, meaning allowing them to have choices. And then as they get older, stepping back and seeing the conversation from a bigger perspective, why may your child be saying this? Mm -hmm. What are they dealing with rather than you're just disrespectful? Mm -hmm. If I may give one tip on this and I'll be beef, but, um, you know, I speak with my children a lot, how I would speak with a friend or a colleague. I offer my guidance from my perspective and experience, Mm -hmm. my dear child, um, let me share my thoughts on this. Even if I might think I'm kind of right because I've, and it really has opened the door where they don't have to break away because they don't have a parent needing them to be a certain Uh, way, needing them to agree with them, needing them to be like them. And so I've found, yeah, there's some turmoil here and there, but generally speaking, it leaves the door a little bit more open. So what you're saying is if we do the work the right way while they're growing up, this whole 
breaking away thing that we always talk about is less extreme because the breaking away term is sometimes associated with the overpowering parent. Mm-hmm. Is that safe to say? Yeah, and there's, I think there's a trust that um, even an unspoken trust to the child, come as you are. Mm-hmm. And the child looks at the parent, come as you are. Mm-hmm. That becomes the energy of the family. Right. And that's different than most of us grew up as. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, the language that Annie uses, again, you know, she ta- sold a soul and rolled a roll. It doesn't matter what age your child is. I still see who you are. Mm-hmm. I see you at one. Mm-hmm. I see you at five. You're not now a teenager that annoys me. You are still my child. Yes. And yes. when you are 20, you are still my child. Not child like I need to teach, you know, I need to show you how to be, but I honor and respect who you are. Mm-hmm. And so at every age, you know, and that's kind of the big when she talks about roll to roll is I'm the parent, listen to me. Soul to soul is I see you mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, we're going to see each other. And there's no levels like I'm not more important no. or I know more than you mm-hmm. do. So I think it's, that's what you're going for. Yes. And as they get older, again, my daughter, who's about to turn 17 in three days, I mean, we know each other well enough in this type of language. I'll say, all right, I'm going to come soul to soul now. My thoughts on drinking at a party or mm-hmm. something. All right. And then I'm going to offer the parent-child role to role because Got we're it. that too. Gotcha. We're, we're, it's very Love blended. That. So I, I have to offer you both. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's an understanding. I can see it in her eyes. And and then, you know, there'll be natural consequences. So it's, it's kind of interesting how it kind of develops. It's been fun to see it evolve. Well, and I think the reason that those conversations are so hard as parents is because it kind of freaks us out and we just don't want to screw up. So I think those conversations don't happen nearly as often as they are. Great I remember when I was little and there's a beer commercial, not little, when I was in my teenage years and high school drinking started happening and a beer commercial came on, I would, and my dad was in the room, I would leave just so he wouldn't ask me mm-hmm. if I've ever drank a beer. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? That is, well, and that's, and that's the inner that was your like you and you know some of that is obviously mind and you're getting worried but you had an inner that was uncomfortable for, for you sure. because you were not maybe being what you thought your father wanted you to mm-hmm. be or because you were breaking rules and you didn't feel good about it. but that's the inner experience that and now in retrospect i'm sure he knew like i thought i was smarter than he was he knew mm-hmm. that i bailed the minute a middle light commercial came on did he i don't know i don't know <laughs> sometimes my dad lets things go over his head <laughs> well, i think there was more hidden yes. back then and right. this this is more of an open forum family experience um not everything of course right. some things are there, you know personal or sacred but generally speaking a lot is visible yes. versus invisible. Yeah. Well, because I think something that we would always say is, well, they should have known better because I told them, or they shouldn't have done that because they should know not to do that. And I'm talking about anything. It could be drinking or it could be when they're young and they hit a kid or mm-hmm. something like that. And we walk through life kind of with an adult lens on children and think they should just know that because I do. And we've had life experience where we know natural consequences. Mm-hmm. And our children are just learning it for the first time. So not only does that make it make us more empathetic toward their situation, but it, it reminds us that we do need to discuss everything. Mm-hmm. We do not discuss it in a lecture way, but open the door to, mm-hmm. you hit that person. Tell me about what just mm-hmm. happened there. What were you what feeling? What were you feeling? How do you think the other person felt? What are, yeah. Exactly. Because we come at it as a place, from a place Adult of judgment. Adult brain, exactly. Like, hey, you screwed up. Let's yeah. talk about how you screwed up instead of more inquisitive saying what was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And did that work for you? Right. Well, exactly. you know, because sometimes they'll be like, yeah, got the toy. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, well, why that won't work in, you know, we wouldn't or, say society. 
societally, but you know what I mean? It, that it, why that could be damaging is because the other person, you know, got hurt and lost, mm-hmm. even though you feel good. What about, you know, because kids are, they're so connected. Mm-hmm. They know, mm-hmm. they feel. Annie, did you see that little YouTube clip of the baby? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh, oh, it was so moving. It's like he could feel I know. the energy, the mom's voice when the mom oh, was singing. singing. Yeah, I heard that. I yeah. That. I, I loved that little I video. loved it too. Not everybody <laughs> loved it. I know. Some people have proclaimed that that lady was just being a humble bragger. What, that <laughs> really? She's With a really good, yeah, yes. really. So we could laugh and joke about that. But the, the gist of it is, is I love... Well, why don't you... Because not everybody's okay. seen it. So it's this YouTube video of this little baby and very young. What do you think? Nine months? Mm-hmm. And mom says, I'm going to sing this song now. You like this song. The baby gets all excited. She starts singing. It's a Bonnie Raitt song, mm-hmm. I Can't Make You Love Me, which is a very touching, like, basically, I've got to let you go, mm-hmm. even though I love you. And the baby is happy to hear the song, but crying because the baby is tapping into the feeling of the word. Emotionally moved. I mean, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And obviously yeah. that baby has not had a breakup yet. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is we're too literal. Mm-hmm. And that baby feel, felt it's it. Felt. And, and we can include that video on the show notes for yes. the show. Yeah. So you can tune and into that. A good point of that is our kids feel. Yes. We don't realize what they're picking up on. It's mostly energetic, yes. as was seen with that baby. Yes. So we can think we're hiding. Right. Right. That we're angry or frustrated, but it, or it's it is visible on an inner level to mm-hmm. our children, and that's a perfect example. Um, I showed that video to our kids, mm-hmm. so it doesn't need to be in some big thing. We talked yeah. about music and sound and right. being moved. There you go. Right. There's the opening. Right. That yeah. is exactly right. Uh, we're thirty minutes in. Okay. So, do you have any last minute questions well, it, for our guests? Just guest? so, because I know you guys. Um, will love Annie. If you haven't heard of her or read her book yet, you got to go to her website, AnnieBurnside.com. She has a book called Soul to Soul Parenting. Um, and she has a blog on Chicago Now. And um, she does Soul to Soul Circles in her Soul to Soul Circles. Will you describe what that is real quick, Annie? So people Yes. Can people, um, other adults that have become interested in um, sharing a self-exploratory path with others, we get together and it's not teacher-student, student-teacher. It's just sharing from that inner space. Um, it's just one of my f- absolute favorite things. So. so if you live on the North Shore, like what's the area? in Chicago like, area. Chicago in, area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you live in the Chicago area, go to her website, check that out, send her an email. Um, you'll love her, her work. If you like this show, you're going to love Annie's work. And buy the book Amazon or your website or... Either one. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all so much. Thank what you. A great time. Thanks for doing what you do. We'll do it again someday. Okay. Adios. Adios.